You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, welcome to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. So we are just into April. Hopefully all of you are doing well. Hopefully, if you're not in Utah or Wyoming, you're enjoying spring. We, uh, for some reason, we still seem to think, or Mother Nature seems to think, that it's still winter. We've actually had uh, one of our ski resorts in Utah, Alta. I believe that's the ski resort. Anyhow, they broke a record, and this was, I believe, on like Friday. But anyhow, they broke a record of 800 inches of snow. So it's uh, still not quite spring, and uh, we're <laughs> we're kind of getting ready for for lots of moisture intrusion events and flooding in homes. So I hope all of you that uh, are experiencing all this moisture, I know we're grateful for it, but I hope you're prepared so that uh, we don't have to start talking about doing mold mitigation and what it would cost you. But anyhow, so today's episode 201. It's amazing to think we're we're over 200 episodes, so we're plugging right along. It's doing well. I keep increasing our listens or I shouldn't say I keep increasing it you as listeners have so I appreciate that hopefully you refer some of your friends and family members or anybody that you know could benefit from our podcast uh, to the toxic mold podcast Uh, speaking of we actually just last week I believe got everything set up on Amazon music so that this podcast is available on that uh, platform too so we're on SoundCloud Spotify iTunes and then now Amazon I have a tough time keeping track of all of it, but we try to we try to offer these podcasts on the larger platforms. So I appreciate all of you for listening, and like I said, I appreciate you if you're referring friends and family to this. Today's episode is mold mitigation equipment used by ourselves as professionals, and that seems 
you know, a lot of times people would say, well, you know, what's the point of me talking to you, all of you, about the equipment we use as mold mitigation? And it's naturally, or it makes sense, I guess is probably a better way to say it, makes sense for you to assume that I'm telling you this so that when you do mold mitigation, you can do it yourself and you know what kind of equipment to use. That is not the purpose. Um, any of you that have listened to me long enough or followed us long enough know that I never recommend any DIYers to do it yourself. You should always have a professional involved. So the point of this is that I want you to know the types of equipment. And when I go over this, this isn't you know, only the equipment that we use at CNC Contractor Services. You know, there's there's other equipment I might not talk about. Other companies might use equipment that I don't talk about. But I want to just cover the main pieces of equipment that we use. And the purpose of that is so that if you call, you know, obviously we don't do mold mitigation across the world or the United States. We, we focus right here in Wyoming and Utah. But if you go to hire a mold mitigation company, I want you to know when they use different terms that we're going to talk about as far as pieces of equipment, I want you to know what they're used for. And also, I want you to be able to ask your potential mitigation company, hey, do you, you know, do you guys fog, do you use air scrubbers? How do you remove the mold? Things like that. And, and that's the purpose of this is I want you as a listener to understand the type of equipment that we use as professionals. And like I said, every mold job is unique. And so there are times that we might be in a crawl space that doesn't have a whole lot of head height for us to use some of the equipment that we prefer to use. You know, there could be things like attics or, you know, any, any type of circumstances that we have to call an audible and use things that we normally wouldn't use. So like I said, when I go over this list, I don't, I don't want you as a listener to go to your potential mitigation contractor and say, hey, you know, this Steve guy, he told me you have to do this, this, and this. That's not the purpose. The purpose of it is to educate you as to the equipment we do use and equipment that you should expect some of this equipment for your contractor to use. One thing that I deal with quite often as a consultant, and I see it on social media, I have people that reach out and give me their advice. Sometimes it's questions. And something that we always have to address, and it's to me it doesn't make sense, but on the other hand, it is what it is. But something that I'm always asked is, is can you just kill mold with either ozone machines or chemicals, you know, whether it's fogging or using an ozone machine? And my answer is never. When I say never, does that mean I never recommend using it? We absolutely use chemicals and we use ozone machines for mold mitigation. But I want to be clear about this. It is only one small step in the mold mitigation process. And so to go back to the question, can you just kill mold with chemicals or ozone? No, you can't. There are people that would disagree and... You know, there's there's people that are a lot more educated than I am as far as microbiology and things like that, chemists, things like that. I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm right, but in my opinion, there's no such thing as a chemical or ozone that can just seek out mold spores throughout a home and kill them. Uh, you have to get rid of the mold spores themselves. And that brings up a question that I'm sure a lot of you ask. Well, mold is naturally present. That is correct. You know, the purpose of mold mitigation is, is we're trying to get rid of mold infestations. You know, mold spores are naturally present. Mold infestations are not. 
to go back to the whole ozone and chemical thing, yes, we do use those things during mold mitigation, but it is only one step to a process that I think if I was to count how many steps are in the mold mitigation process, it would obviously vary depending on the job, but there's, you know, at least 10 steps that we take. So if you wanted to look at it and say, yeah, you know, you can use ozone or chemicals to kill mold. I wouldn't take one or two of our steps and say that that's possible. I've, I cover this quite often and I want you as a listener to understand that mold is very complex and it is, it's a large puzzle that we have to put together. And that's not just what we do as far as inspections and mitigation and testing. You know, we're one part of that process. So you have to get, you know, the, the, medical side involved when it comes to mitigation you know typically depending on where you live you have an inspector or an assessor that comes in does one part of the process then recommends the cleanup or the mitigation so i just want to be clear that i don't believe you can just kill mold mold has to be removed and when we're talking about mold i'm talking about mold infestations that process cannot be completed if you're only going to use ozone machines and chemicals. But like I said, we do use those uh, depending on the situation, the type of mold. And when I say mold, the types like as far as infestations and where they're at. Mold types for mitigation, we don't care what kind of mold it is per se, but we have to look at the actual entire situation and then that's how we decide, you know, what, what type of mitigation processes we're going to going to go through. But like I said, there are things that are, in my opinion, you cannot get around it. So I want to start with those. The first thing is that every mold mitigation company should have is plastic sheeting. Plastic sheeting we use for our containment. And just a quick explanation as to our mold containment. If there is a mold infestation in your bathroom, in your main hallway of your home, and that's the only area that we're concerned with, we establish a containment from the outside of the home all the way to that bathroom. And typically that would constitute a barrier, plastic sheeting barrier, down a section of a living room, maybe part of a kitchen, where we literally put a plastic sheeting wall up and then it goes down a hallway, the doorways get sealed up, and then we can have access to the bathroom. The mold containment is one of the crucial parts of mold mitigation. So for tools and equipment that we use, plastic sheeting is a must-have. When it comes to plastic sheeting, different companies are going to use different methods for a containment. That could be a, you know, we use what's called a zip wall, but it could be many different things. So I want to be clear that the way they establish their containment is not going to be the same for everybody. So plastic sheeting is a must have. Another thing that we use quite often, probably one of my favorite tools that we use, I call it a multi-tool. It's a tool that we put blades on the end of, kind of a vibrating tool back in the day. There was a patent for, I think, Fine, F-E-I-N, I believe was the brand. Anyhow, I bought that years and years ago. That's probably been 15, 20 years ago. I loved it. It was a great tool. Obviously, when their patent ran out, Makita, DeWalt, uh, Dremel, all the other companies started coming out with their, their own multi-tools. And essentially, it's got a cutting blade at the end of it. That's what we use actually to do our flood cuts. So it's, it's very handy to cut through uh, sheetrock with it without getting too deep and cutting into plumbing pipes 
or electrical lines, you know, ductwork, whatever could be behind that wall covering. So a multi-tool is one of our most commonly used tools. Now, is it always used? If you're doing mold in a, a crawl space, typically you wouldn't use a multi-tool. But like I said, it's probably one of my favorite pieces of equipment that we use. Or, and the reason I say favorite, most commonly used. Another thing is, is so we, we talked about you cannot kill mold. You have to remove it. So how do we remove the mold spores? Well, we have to get those mold infestations off of whatever building materials they're on. If there is mold on insulation, we just remove the insulation. We get rid of it. Same thing with sheetrock. You can't always get rid of what the mold is growing on or what the mold infestations are on. So if you have things like subfloors, floor trusses, roof trusses, two by four studs, two by six studs, whatever types of building materials, we can't just go in and just hack those those things off and throw them away. It's ideal, obviously, to get rid of the building materials that have mold on them, but we can't always do that. So how do we get rid of those mold spores or mold infestations? One way is to blast it. And I'm sure you're li- you're listening and you're going, whoa, blasting, huh? So you guys sandblast. No, it's not. That's not the media we use. It's not sand. It's uh, actually baking soda. Or you can blast it with dry ice. Dry ice blasting is probably, in my opinion, the best way to blast mold. But it's very expensive. So... If you're looking for a mold mitigation company and you're trying to find someone that dry ice blasts, it might be a lot more difficult to find a company like that. Uh, If you can, and it's reasonably priced, that is a very, very effective way to get rid of of mold. It has enough moisture in it that it keeps the mold spores suppressed. Uh, You still do it inside a containment, or at least... That would be my recommendation, um, but but that's probably the the premier way uh, of of getting rid of mold. But like I said, it's it's very expensive. Um, so also getting rid of the mold spores. Another way you can get rid of them is with HEPA vacuums. When you're looking for your potential mold mitigation company, make sure that they do use HEPA vacuums. And um, once again, you have to get rid of those mold infestations and a HEPA vacuum is probably the best way to do it. Now, as far as other pieces of equipment that we use, we use simple things, obviously, like brooms, dustpans, vacuums, um, disinfectant wipes. But Some of the more crucial things that, in my opinion, every mold job or mold mitigation job that you must have, you must use air scrubbers. Uh, The air scrubbers are pretty much air filtration systems on steroids. Uh, They're fairly bulky and large. Uh, The amount of air scrubbers we use would be dependent on, obviously, the size of the mitigation project and also the room that we have if we're working in a crawl space sometimes our air scrubbers will not even fit into the crawl space opening so uh, there are times where we have to do some things and we just have to get creative where we use negative air machines air movers to push the air to a certain area where it does go through our air scrubbers but an air scrubber, in my opinion, is is something you just, if, if your mitigation company does not have air scrubbers, I would question their quality of work and their experience. An air scrubber is a must-have for mold mitigation companies. Um, also, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but ozone machines, we do use ozone machines. Ozone machines cannot be used while people are uh, in, in the area. 
So when we use our ozone machines, we actually use them at nighttime once we're leaving for the day. If you've followed me long enough, you know that we don't allow people to occupy the homes or properties where we're doing mold mitigation. So uh, we do it at nighttime. There's timers you can set on them. You know, different people have differing opinions. We have seen very good numbers as far as our post mitigation air testing when we run ozone machines versus not running them. So we run ozone machines for that purpose. Other pieces of equipment that we use it's fairly crucial is humidity gauges mold must have 60 percent humidity for it to become viable and for it to reproduce and spread so monitoring the humidity is crucial when it comes to mold mitigation so i went over those things fairly quickly but like i said the reason that i wanted to go over those was so you know what questions to ask your potential mold mitigation company you can just simply ask them, you know, do you guys run air scrubbers? What do you use them for? Do you use ozone machines? What do you use them for? How do you remove the mold spores themselves? Is that done, you know, with dry ice blasting? Is it done with baking soda blasting? Do you sand it? How do you get rid of those mold spores? So like I said, I went through them fairly quickly, but it something to me that's fairly important that you should be aware of as far as the equipment we use as mold mitigation companies. So what's my call to action? As I just said, when you get to a point, which hopefully you don't have to, you've prevented uh, mold infestations from, from being a concern in your home. But if you get to that point where you do need to hire a professional, make sure you ask them what pieces of equipment that they use and how long that their mitigation project will take. I came out with a uh, mold, it's a digital bundle. It's called the Mold 101, Mold 101 Digital Bundle. I think I got that live about two or three months ago. I can't remember for sure, but it was this year. Um, so it's something new. It's a it's a digital bundle. The price will be on the link. Uh, it's it's a bundle that has worksheets, it has information, a lot of things when it comes to Mold 101. And it, it's something that's very helpful. It covers a lot of questions that most people have, but I will put the link in the comment section of this podcast episode. But here's the link. It's actually a hidden link, so you do need to have uh, what I'm going to tell you. And if you type it in wrong and it's not working, feel free to send me an email and say, hey, Steve, we uh, we can't get that link to work. But it's on our website, so it's www.cncontractorservices.com forward slash the, T-H-E, mold, M-O-L-D, 101 bundle. So once again, it's www.cncontractorservices.com forward slash the mold 101 bundle. And that will take you to the link where you can purchase that bundle. And then within a couple of business days, you will get the emails with the links and all of your information. Once again, this is episode 201 of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.